Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel one by one and spoiler free for future episodes. So we will discuss details from previous episodes. I'm going to go out tonight and do weird shit with magic. And my name's Harrison. And I'm Jason. And my recent breakup from my uh, lesbian witch lover was not entirely my fault. Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? We are watching Buffy Season 6, Episode 9. Nice. (laughs) Smashed. Um, Listen, lots of things happen in this episode, but no one cares because this is the one where Buffy and Spike fuck a house down. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's true. That, that, That is what happened. Smash was written by Drew Z. Greenberg and was directed by Turi Meyer and originally aired on November 20th, 2001. Yeah. Hit it. Jason. Yeah? What are you drinking today? Old Forester. Nice, nice, nice. I wanted to like. I, I was looking at that Elijah Craig, but I saw that there like wasn't too much in it, and I didn't want to like finish off your Elijah Craig. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a Boulevardier, um, which is equal parts uh, bourbon, Campari, and sweet vermouth. Um, I've made this on the podcast before. I, t- I, I think I seem to recall you not caring for it very much, or it might have been a Negroni. Don't I don't know. It's, it looks familiar, and I can like imagine the taste in yeah. my mind, and I don't like it. <laughs> um, a Negroni is basically the same, but it's gin instead of uh, uh, instead of bourbon. Yeah, I think it might have been like the. Yeah, I think it was the Campari that you didn't yeah, care the Campari. for. Um. All right. Um. A toast. Um. A toast to. I don't want to toast to Jesus. Do you have anything in mind to toast to? Um, not necessarily off the top of my head. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, we're real professional damn. about this. Uh, well, then I'll say a toast to Tara. Thank you, Tara, for you know just being the only person apparently capable of making good decisions. And calling Willow out on her shit. Yeah. Her, her and Anya. Yeah. Anya's, Anya won't call Willow out on her shit. She'll call out Willow's shit to everybody yeah. else. <laughs> Cheers. Lovely. Alright. So, Jason. Yep. Going into this episode, I had to, like, I had to do some mental work on myself. Um, the next episode of Buffy wrecked I fucking hate it's I think maybe my least favorite season 6 episode and a pretty low tier episode just generally of the season of the series and I had a lot of it comes from what happens in this episode um, so before I had to be like okay we're not watching Wrecked. We're watching Smashed. We but I mean, to... the, I mean, Wrecked takes place right after Smashed. Though, it does. So, I mean, it's it's not 
uncommon to link those two together. Yeah, I link it, and the, the third, the one after that, Gone, mm-hmm. which are, we'll talk about the names of these three episodes later. Um, it's like my eyes roll back to my head. Um, but no, I, I had to be like, okay, put your feelings on Rekt aside. Just look at Smash. We just have to look at Smash. And I don't love it, but I didn't find it completely without merit. Yeah, for me it was more of just a... Hmm. It really was just kind of a almost forgettable episode. It was. So um, I'd say it's even a step below meh. Yeah, it's it's very it was very mid. Um <laughs> Okay, did, Mr. Gen Z. That didn't feel good coming out <laughs> of my mouth. I, I, I retract that. <laughs> um, but You're not with um, it. Uh, but you know, an episode that like this, where we we're coming off the heels of the Tara Willow breakup and Giles leaving, um, as well as the developments between Buffy and Spike, um, it really sh- it really needs to be better than this. Um, yeah, but <laughs> however, does like it had so much big shoes to fill because you would think, oh well, there's no way they can like follow up once more with feeling. Uh, with a with a really amazing episode. Oh, they did. Well, yeah. there's no way they can follow that up with a really amazing episode. Well, they true. Didn't. <laughs> true. <laughs> Accurate. And like, and this is the thing. I don't need the episode to be amazing, but you know, good would be nice. <laughs> so, uh, but we will dive into uh, dive into all of our our feelings on this. Like Andrew diving into the uh, basement from, or excuse me, the museum from the roof. Yes. Going full Mission Impossible. Um. Uh, oh, needlessly. Needless. That was pretty funny. Uh, I do want to s- shout out a new writer uh, to the series, uh, uh, Mr. Greenberg. Uh, this is his first episode of the series. Um, I, I specifically want to shout him out because uh, he is uh, at least openly gay and has talked about uh, all of the stuff he writes. He He's... It's very important for him to include queer aspects uh, into the story. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Uh, looking over his credits for the show. Uh, not some of my favorites. Um, but he did write season seven's Him. Oh, which, I love that episode. Uh, we are big fans of him. So, um, you know... Uh, but uh, I just I, I wanted to, to shout that out. Um, all right, so we start where else? An alleyway. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't shout out the alleyways as often as we do the graveyard. Well, we know or where the... to start in an alleyway. I guess true. I guess that's true. Um, but yes. The, uh, however, I think like the last time we had an episode starting an alleyway might have been the gift, and that was because they were trying to do like the uh-huh. mm-hmm. oh it's. Here's like a random typical vampire encounter before, you know, the hundredth episode happens. I think you might be right. I'm trying to think of Yeah, I think that I think that's right. Um Buffy is patrolling. She comes across a couple being terrorized by a pair of muggers. Yeah. Uh nice little bait and switch there. I love how Buffy's like, oh, a mugging. How quaint. <laughs> like, um, and she's like, but probably not for you two. Uh, 
So uh, the couple being mugged, they flee after Buffy returns uh, their purse. It's like it's like uh, going back uh, to Viridian City after beating like the Cinnabar Island gym. You go through Pallet Town, <laughs> yeah. and then you go on that route between Pallet Town and Viridian City. You got like your like level 45, 50 Pokemon, and then you like run across a level three Pidgey. And you're like, whoa. You're dead. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it almost it almost feels cruel. Like <laughs> well, you're not killing them. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, sure. Uh, Raichu Thunderbolt. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't worry though. If you're playing uh, any of the Johto games, this will come back to you when you face Red, and he just destroys you the first time. I didn't have a problem with him. Oh, oh, I meant Red. I thought you meant Blue. Okay, yeah, Red... The final battle with Red? Yes, yeah. Oh my god. Sorry, I was talking about Viridian City, and I immediately (laughs) thought of Blue. I've never successfully beat Red, um, because I always get... Even on my last playthrough that I did about a... Like, earlier this year, I borrowed my brother's copy of Soul Silver and was playing it, and I was like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna beat Red. But the level jump between, like, even just re-fighting the Elite Four... And then going to red, it's such a huge level drop. It well, takes like so much grinding. Pikachu is level eighty, isn't it's it? Pikachu is level eighty, and we'll sweep you if you're not careful. Yeah, you'll sweep the leg, man. <laughs> um, but I just got tired of grinding, quite frankly. Um, but anyway, we're uh, Buffy. Uh, Buffy is our level eighty Pikachu, um, <laughs> and these two muggers are a level 3 Caterpie and a level 4 Pidgey, respectively. Um, unfortunately, a to keep the metaphor rolling, a rogue primate rushes <laughs> in uh, and the muggers get away. The primate is, of course, Spike. Uh, he's... He, of course, his chip is uh, activated when he... Uh, when he attacks the muggers, he uh, thought they were demons. He just like Buffy. Yeah, however, when he makes the mistake, it, yeah. it bites him in the ass or in the head. Yeah. <laughs> um, at least Buffy started off with a punch instead of like a, <laughs> a, a steamroll, a rollout. <laughs> so Spike is trying to convince uh, Buffy that uh, she she wants him bad. Yeah, and she's not. Very convincingly <laughs> telling him otherwise. Um, but uh, he's uh, he's like, let's, let's, let's kiss him more. And she's just like, oh my god, you're obsessed with me. <laughs> uh, and she's like, it was just two kisses, calm down. And I would just like I to mean, remind Buffy... it started Buffy, off with a kiss. How did it end up like this? I just want to remind Buffy that this is certainly more than two kisses. Um, now, I know she wasn't fully in control of her actions, but they were macking a bunch in something blue. Yeah. But I think of the more recently, you yeah. know, two kisses is like two makeout sessions between, right. uh, like, in Once More Feeling and at the end of Tabula Raza. Yeah. So. Yeah. And she, the way she says it, like, kisses, like, <laughs> so chaste. It's like, girl, your tug was fully in there. <laughs> um... At the Summer's house, uh, Tara 
uh, is Willow. not there. Oh, I thought you said. I oh, no. you confused. I absolutely did. I just, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just looped it around. Uh, Willow is lonely. She's depressed. Uh, she starts talking to Amy, and she's like, "I need to get you a little rat companion who will then leave you through no fault of your own." And I'm the number of times, girls in denial. Girl, oh my god. We should like really this season. We need. Maybe not. I was going to say a drinking game for every time you want to just reach in the TV and smack Willow. But then I was like, no, because we'd die. Yes, we'd be drinking a lot, and I feel like we'd be indirectly supporting uh, violence against women, which, you know, we're obviously not a I would like to metaphorically smack some sense into Willow. Uh, Maybe like, oh, do what I did on Facebook. Like, throw a pie at her. Yes. Like, I I feel that... I feel that that's a good way to tell your friends that you're annoyed with what they're doing and it just like annoys the crap out of you, but you're not actually causing physical harm to them. You're just throwing a pie. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's more of a symbolic gesture to get the point across. And then at the end, you know, everybody's happy because like, (laughs) you threw a pie. And pie is delicious. So... Some pies are. Some pies are. Everybody's got their own preference for pies. So, um, we'll, we'll, uh... We'll take a very small swallow for every time we want to throw a pie at Willow. Yes. Uh, this is when this triggers an idea in Willow. Uh, she's like, I still don't know how to turn you back into a human. I find this very interesting uh, that she, she, she doesn't know how to undo the spell that Amy did to herself. But her, she does realize that she can use magic to essentially summon the spell to her. Also, remember, guys, Amy has been a rat uh, with one exception since... Uh, gingerbread. Yeah, Gingerbread, uh, season three. The yeah. one exception being the episode where Willow could... Anything that Willow said was true. Yep, something something blue. blue. And uh, she said at one point during the episode, Oh, Amy, I wish you weren't a rat anymore. And uh, she turns back into a human, but then she's like, but I can't do anything because you're still a rat. <laughs> so, uh, but now, this time, she actually does get to uh, change her back. And, you know, you have to realize that I think that Willow had the ability to do this for quite a while now. <laughs> she just forgot because she was all in her own shit. Yeah. She didn't, she just got so used to feeding and taking care of Amy the rat that she didn't even think that oh I could probably turn her back into a human and I think it's very interesting um and I imagine very deliberate on the part of the writers um that she does this when she no longer has Tara around well she flat out says to Buffy it's nice to have somebody um Mm -hmm. magical around yeah and as we see in the episode uh (laughs) someone magical around who isn't going to, from Willow's perspective, you know, nag her on her exactly? Who's going to go along with her? Um, but yeah, she she undoes the rat spell. Amy's there, uh, and Amy screams. I don't blame her. No, nope. um, it's uh, it's it's an adjustment. Although it is really funny that when she initial when she was turned back into a human in something blue. Her first reaction was happiness. Yeah. Maybe that was like a strange fever dream in her head as a rat. Oh. And now when she realized that it's real this time, it all just comes crumbling down. Uh, 
over at the Sunnydale Museum. Uh, as we mentioned before, Andrew is rappelling down from the ceiling. Uh, there's a there's a diamond in a case. Uh, he's, he's, he attaches, a, I guess, some sort of diamond or not diamond glass cutter onto the onto the case. It's all very Mission Impossible. It's all very Willow and choices. Uh, but Jonathan and Warren just walk in behind him. And they're like, "What the hell, dude?" Security here is a guy named Rusty. <laughs> Um, not R.I.P. Rusty, but, like, uh, let's get, get Rusty get a blanket. Yeah, yeah, get warmer, Rusty. <laughs> um, yeah, so they steal a diamond, uh, and yes, Rusty, this, uh, poor old guy who just works at the museum. You know, actually, I take this back. From all the shit we see, especially at the museum in Sunnydale... Getting blasted by a freeze ray, probably one of the better things that could happen to you. At least it wasn't lethal. This is not the uh, last Joss Whedon project to contain a freeze ray. (laughs) Um, I I don't know, I was still on the museum and I was like, okay, interesting. Other places, other ones that feature museums. No, freeze ray. Um, uh, But yes, they, uh, they take... This diamond, for purposes unknown. Um, anything to say about this scene? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> um, although, I have to say that it, it, it's very clear just from the few uh, initial appearances of the trio together that we've seen that Jonathan and Andrew are on a completely different level than Warren. Mm-hmm. Warren is very much a... Like, he's the level of villain that we've come to expect from our season nemeses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's also, like, you know, just the most repugnant person yeah. of the of the three. Um, but we're not at the point where he's completely separated himself from them. They're all, they've all still got their goofy chemistry, and I did actually enjoy him... Trying to work in the get the freeze yes. spray. That was funny. <laughs> that was that was actually a good bit. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, I also just thought Tom Lang looked great in his little in his little get up, his little spy get up. Uh, that uh, Warren said, "What do we think that he's gonna say? Uh, I was robbed by two guys on a mine." <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, back over at the Summers' house, uh, Willow is trying to help acclimate Amy back to uh, back to the world. Uh, she's still processing things. She's like, God, it felt like I was in that cage for weeks. <laughs> uh, and Willow immediately is like, ooh. Um, and she's like, but you know, things will be back to, get back to normal. Uh, you know, I'm hoping Larry will ask me to prom. It'll be great. And <laughs> one of my favorite lines, uh, even... Even in an episode that we both just kind of found out, eh, uh, this line is an all-timer for me. Willow says, okay, Amy, three things. Larry's gay, Larry's dead, (laughs) and high school's kind of over. In more ways than one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yes, this is all just... (laughs) I love how she's, like, Amy processing different things, like, like, throughout the episode, like, when she's like, so the whole school... (laughs) Because <laughs> of some big <laughs> snake thing? <laughs> the principal got eaten. Okay. I okay. love I love how we are we are now well over two seasons removed from 
uh, graduation day, and yet that still seems to be the thing. That's that's the high point of wow. That's really weird. (laughs) And when you think about it, I'd say even when you get to the end of the series, there's still very much very little that can compare to just saying, yeah, the mayor of our school showed up when we graduated, turned into a giant snake demon, and we had to blow up the school with him in it to kill him. (laughs) And everyone would be like, interesting. Their therapists are like writing that down. (laughs) I'm just kidding. None of these people go to therapy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We wouldn't have a show if they went to therapy. Um, Or just fucking talk to each other. For instance... Willow comes, or Buffy comes in, uh, and she's re- she's about ready to tell Willow about the stuff with Spike. And I, oh, it would have been a nice return to form because we haven't really seen Buffy and Willow interact with each other this mm-hmm. whole season so far, apart from the reprise of Standing and yeah. Under Your Spell. But we don't even see what they're talking about. They're just they're as like oh these are the two people that giles and uh tara care about the most respectively yeah they're yeah all of their interactions are have largely been superficial mm-hmm. uh, and i would make the argument that's for at least for buffy that's been true of her interactions with a lot of the gang like yeah, she's the, really... fact that we, the fact that she gets one-on-one with her best friend yeah and they're gonna talk about boys <laughs> what a what a what a nice little uh a nice little throwback to uh the good old days when you know school hadn't been blown up yeah. so that to kill the giant snake demon yeah. mayor. Uh, unfortunately, Buffy is not able to come clean uh, as uh, they are interrupted by Amy, and Buffy does kind of lose her nerve. Uh, now I will note this is the second time that Buffy has tried to open up about how she's feeling, and it was interrupted due to the magical shenanigans of Willow. I am less inclined yeah. to blame Willow this time because for... I think I think Buffy was looking for any way to not say. Oh this. yeah, and and you know, hey, she just happened to have the excuse of oh, Amy. Well, first she thinks that it's Tara. Yeah, I, which I thought was very interesting. I, I wonder if that was a a genuine like moment of like oh, I forgot that she left because you know when massive changes happen sometimes you do have those moments where you kind of forget um or was she like oh tara's back um i don't think it matters but i was just i was just kind of curious what her um or was she not thinking about it at all because she's just like in her own head yeah yeah. she she's got a lot of stuff that she has to think about on her own but um but yeah so i it is i mean it's it's kind of technically willow's fault but it's not i'm not going to blame her like i did during tabula rasa because i also think just Turning Amy back into a human, as far as all of her other magical shenanigans have gone that we've been kind of pissy at her for, turning Amy back into a human is actually a fairly responsible, reasonable use of her magic. Well, at first. Yeah, we'll we'll see. The act of turning Amy back into a human. Yes. Maybe not her actions, or definitely not her actions afterwards. Mm -hmm. But uh, Amy and Buffy have a cute interaction where she's like, how have you been? Rat, you, dead. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, And yeah, Amy just needs some cookies. Like, specifically ones that aren't cheese flavored. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, I guess, I don't... 
necessarily think any sort of cheese cookie I would classify as a cookie at that point. I, I think at that point you're more into like biscuit territory. Well, I but... think uh, I think there are um, I think there are cookies that incorporate uh, cream cheese. That's true. Uh, I don't eat those types of cookies because I don't like cream cheese. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, which which is actually quite a shame because by all accounts, uh, my mom's cheesecakes are like fucking phenomenal. Um, but I don't like cheesecake. Over the past few years, I've really gotten to love cheesecake. Yeah, I just, it's I delicious. Just, I actually like the last time my mom made some, we brought some back. I I tried some, and I was like, yeah, no, like I was like, I can see that, like, like. I just don't have the taste for it, but I was like, I can, I can taste that it like would be delicious if you liked cheesecake, but not for me. Uh, but yes, Amy wants some cookies. Uh, Buffy off also offers to let her uh, stay at the house, um, which I thought was very sweet of Buffy. Um, I thought it was very sweet that when Amy's sitting on the couch later eating her cookies and Buffy comes down to talk to her, she does say, "I'm sorry about your mom." Yeah, I loved that. I mm-hmm. thought. Um, I just in general, uh, the way they we've the way the show treats Joyce's lack of presence um, after her death is great. Like it, I at no point have I ever felt like the show has forgotten Joyce. Um, she's always there, even if it's just pictures of her yeah. in the house. Um, or but like little moments like that of like I was sorry to hear about your mom. It's just um, it's those little details. Um, that make the world of Buffy so rich. Yeah. Um, even in an episode that is kind of, you know, I, I love that we can find these little nuggets. Um, not pellets. Not pellets. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, when, fucking, when she says that, I just, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself but have like this horrific mental image of Amy just in the corner of some room in their house taking a shit. <laughs> Um, Amy also, uh, during this conversation with Buffy, she, uh, uh, directs Buffy's attention to the frozen man at the museum, R.I.P. Rusty. Um, he's not or, dead. That's right. I, <laughs> he's dead to me. Um, also watching the news tonight and seeing the news, uh, about his good friend and colleague is Walter Remington. Uh, father of two, husband. Uh, he's he's very upset. Also, uh, Amy can't get uh, her head around the fact that uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman <laughs> split up. Yep. Uh, and I checked. I was like, yep, that was 2001. Um, very topical um, at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Buffy goes to the museum. We get a great visual of a big crowd around the, the museum and Buffy having to jump to uh, to see what's going on before pushing her way to the front. Uh, I had a similar situation when John and I went to Bachfest yesterday and I was trying to see the goats, but there was too big of a crowd in front of me. So I had to be like up on my tiptoes. And, and you're fairly tall. I'm fairly tall. Um, but there were people who were fairly taller. <laughs> it's so funny because I, I'm, I'm 5'11". Some very average height for a guy. And, however, in our group of friends, which includes, like, you know, you and, uh, and John and Skylar, uh, among others, you guys are all, like, very tall. And you're all, and I, this is the only group of people that I feel like I'm the short person 
and like because even Aaron, I, I think Aaron might be the same height as me mm-hmm. I um, think so. so yeah so I'm like I'm look, just looking up on everybody it's really funny because John is quite tall as you mentioned and um, I think out of like that the group that you just mentioned I think only Skylar is taller than him mm-hmm. um, but generally speaking John is the tallest person in most groups of people that we're with unless we're with his college friends which is like Mason, um, Zach, Zach, uh, Josh, Tyler, who are all taller than except him. for except for the very lovely Scott Whitehouse, yes. who is quite a short boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's a short boy that I love. But it's, just, it's always very funny to me when we're with that specific group of people, where I'm like, oh, John's like the short. Well, technically, I'm the short one. Yeah, <laughs> as I mentioned, John's taller than I am. But um, oh, I just just want to point out also. Uh, Buffy's just wearing her hair in the cutest little braided pigtails. Uh, I loved it. I don't. You don't? I, no, I I guess pigtails just seem like a, a hairstyle that I guess I really... And th- this is probably just a me problem. To those of you who love pigtails, go for it. Uh, but it just, like... It, it makes me think that, like that's something you wear in grade school. Hi, Sirens. It's quite a lot of them. Alright. Sorry, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, no, but I hear what yeah, you're saying. It, it's a very, like, to me, it comes across a very juvenile haircut. And, but you know, that, or hairstyle. Mm. But you know, that could be maybe unintentionally apt to, like, the message of this episode, which is, in Buffy's case, you know, she's looking for, she's looking to return to normalcy. Like, mm-hmm. she's lost Giles. Um, everybody kind of seems on, like, uh, Tara's left the house. Uh, she's trying to find some, like, she's trying to get back to the whole, I want to beat up and save people from, uh, I want to save people by beating up demons. Mm -hmm. Um, she, of course, finds a random mugging, and now she's going to the museum to find out, oh, is there some sort of demon there that freezes people and eats a diamond? No. No. Because that's silly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and so maybe... Maybe, like, this is her trying to get back to those... The roots. Yeah, get back to the... Get back to those high school days. I mean, Lord knows they just had Amy come in talking yeah. about high school, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, there's... I mean, just by nature of bringing back a character like Amy, there are just so many callbacks to, to the high school years. Yeah, and maybe um, Buffy, like, wants to get back to that... I don't blame her. To that uncomplicated time. Less complicated time. Yeah. And it doesn't help that she's got this horny vampire just stalking her. Yeah. So speaking of said horny vampire, uh, (laughs) Spike shows up. Um, I feel like that could be another drinking game. (laughs) Drink anytime Spike appears. Um, She's... uh, She's like... Listen, when I kissed you, it was I wasn't thinking about you. I was thinking about Giles. To which Spike is like, "I knew it. I knew there was something weird." Ew. And she's like, "Disgusting, Spike." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, she's depressed about Sp- uh, about Giles is leaving, um, and uh, that's why she acted the way she did. And Spike's not buying it. Um, and it's like they're both right. Like, yeah. I, like, Buffy is right. She was acting that way because of Giles' leaving. But Spike's not entirely wrong that, she, you know, she's also doing it because she likes it. Yeah, um, and 
I think that Spike might be a little misguided because I think that... I think Spike is a lot misguided. <laughs> but I, I don't think... I mean, you know, Spike says, I love you. Um, and I don't think Buffy feels that. Oh, no. Yeah. like, But, I mean, it, it really much goes back to um, to what he said in, um, in Rest in Peace. Like, whisper in a dead man's ear doesn't make it real. Like, Spike is literally just there for her to unload her just unload her bad feelings that she has i mean she had to deal with like oh telling her friends that she was in heaven and they pulled her out of it she's deal with giles the person that she felt that she could always rely on being gone and hey surprise surprise after both those times she just sticks her tongue down spike's throat yeah um spike won't get out of her way though so she punches him uh, because that's how their relationship works. It is. Um, he just out of instinct hits back, uh, but his chip does not activate. Although he is quick enough with a fake cry of pain that Buffy does not uh, does not notice. But this is a, this is a pretty massive thing. Yeah. Um, so you have to think, um, now he makes the immediate assumption that this means I can, I can like, you know, kill people, kill humans and drink their blood again. And you have to think, all right, Spike, think about this logically. You just the other night got a chip attack when you mm-hmm. body slammed some, uh, human muggers. Has anything happened to you between those times that would have made the chip not work? You think it just died? I was like, maybe he just assumes the batteries right now. <laughs> maybe, uh, but it, it seems a little. It, it seems like maybe you shouldn't have just maybe tried something, like experimented on it. Like maybe I don't know, huck a rocket Xander or something, <laughs> see if see what would happen. Don't just go like you know fangs out on a girl and then get that whole uh, attack to your head again. I think it's very telling, though. Despite all of his kind of heroic posturing that he's been doing over the last season and a half or so, um, the the second the leash is off, he's... The bitch is back. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) um, Or, so he thinks. (laughs) So the bitch thinks. Uh, But no, he... Yeah, he does try to go bite a girl, and the chip... uh, does its thing. The chick does, does its thing. So he's he's starting to have some thoughts, some feelings, some suspicions. Um, the next day, my favorite part of the episode happens. Um, it's probably the only like nice, pleasant thing that happens in the oh, episode. When, when Don and Don Tara, and Tara go, go on a milkshake and movies date. Yeah. With a very large milkshake. Oh my god, that line is a clunker. That good god, that's a lot of shake. I, I, I love Amber. I'm not going to blame her for this line, but it's it. it I, I don't know. I, Meryl Streep could have said that line, and I would have been. I would have been like, ugh. There's only yikes. so much you can do. There's with only a so much poorly written scene. Yeah, but um, no, I, I really, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, the last time we saw at the end of Tabula Rasa, Dawn was kind of cold towards Tara. Um, so it's nice to see them out together. Um, it's good to see that those those feelings were just in the moment feelings and not not 
lingering negative feelings towards Tara. And I really appreciate Tara taking the time to spend time with Dawn. Um, and yeah, she gives her the divorced mom's talk, essentially. Um, which, considering that how she went through her own parents' divorce, not really, but um, <laughs> in her parenting she did, um, and, you know, all of the surrounding trauma that she's endured uh, over the last uh, year or so of her life, I'm just really glad that someone is there to tell Don, like, you are yeah. loved, you are cared for. And and I think it, it rings extra true for Tara because, you know, Tara knows how important it is to have a loving family mm-hmm. due to the fact that she Doesn't does not have, have one. Yeah. Outside of her own mother. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and uh, Don also asks if she thinks that she and Willow will get back together and Tara's basically she's very honest with her I also appreciate that she just tells her she doesn't know um she still loves Willow but she doesn't know if it, if they will get back together um but at least right now no um at the magic box the uh Buffy Anya Xander and Willow are researching they're trying to figure out uh what sort of demon might have stolen the diamond and froze poor rusty um but they are not having much luck um the uh some of the books that they think might be useful were taken by giles because they were part of his personal collection um (laughs) and so for some reason he thinks that ownership makes it his. His property or whatever. <laughs> like, Anya, that's your whole shtick. You should know. <laughs> this should not come as a surprise to you. <laughs> um, uh, but Willow is like, listen, I got just the ticket. And that's when everyone kind of tenses up. Because that's what we do when Willow has ideas. We tense up. Uh, but no, she pulls out her laptop. Her Gen 1 MacBook, I'm yeah. assuming. Uh, it's so fat. It's so thick. Um, and it, I, I love this too because once again, it's a bit of a callback. But Xander's like, "Oh yeah, great! Like just like the old days. This is great. Love it." And Willow's like, "Okay, let me like magic into the computer." Uh, good old iRobot Eugene. <laughs> um, and so yeah, our spirits are lifted for a moment. And then thrown back to the ground. Um, I wish they'd done some sort of effect with this. I don't know what, but like... I don't know. I'm thinking of an effect that happens later that I'm like, maybe maybe I was just expecting to see that, but... Anyhow. Uh, the trio, they're hanging out in... Have we... Have we determined... Is it... Warren's basement? I always assumed it was Warren's basement. Okay. Um, they're they're hanging out when Spike comes in. And he wants Warren to... Yeah, it would have to be Warren's basement because Spike Warren, knows yeah, where, where Warren lives. Spike go? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he wants to uh, Warren to check out the chip to see if it's working properly. He threatens... The, the trio was um, admiring the diamond yes. that they stole... And uh, Warren, being the uh, toxic man that he is, says, It's true what they say, guys. Size does matter. Ugh. 
And then he says, like, sorry to Jonathan. Poor Jonathan. I mean, he's a criminal right now, so, like, but still, we don't need to body shame him. We love Danny Strong. Um, also, I mean, did... I mean, are we assuming that they've, like, all seen each other naked at this point? Or is this just, like, a random, like, oh, I think it was hot a, shot? I think it was a short joke. Okay. Yeah. I... No, there's no way. The, these dudes are too... They've Warren, like, in particular, is way they, too they, toxic they, for that. Yeah, they've said, like, a lot of, like, int- strange things. <laughs> yes. Like, and it's not even... And it's not even aligned with some of like the like you know talking smack with your uh, with your friends that happened that actually happened in the 2000s it's more just like oh you're gay oh your penis is small <laughs> um i would say that no they've never been actively nude around each other <laughs> but actively nude <laughs> actively. <laughs> i will what is actively nude uh so, you know you know actively nude <laughs> but I'm just gonna I am just gonna throw this out there because it is absolutely true that Andrew totally peeks at the urinal. <laughs> like Um But uh yeah, the uh the trio they are a little reluctant to help Spike until he takes their Boba Fett uh figurine hostage. And I do love the uh complete lack of understanding of what Star Wars is Spike has. Yeah. Mr. has to look back and and read the name on the on the stand. Mr. Fett is gonna be the first one to die. I'm gonna be totally honest. I think I think he's bullshitting. I think he knows exactly who it is, but he's too cool. No, no, I I think that is totally not his scene. He he's a he's the guy who watches soap operas. That's true. Like, yeah, he has his fandoms, but they're not okay. like those fandoms. All right, fair enough. I'll, I'll allow but, it. But did you imagine how, like, do you remember how much Joyce wanted to talk to him about passions? Oh, they loved it. Yes. Oh, they were friends. Um, um, so they, uh, the trio agrees to help Spike after some discussion amongst themselves, uh, specifically because they know that Spike knows Buffy, and so they might be able to leverage... Uh, some help from him. Uh, although when they try to make this negotiation, Spike's just like, no, fuck you. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's the old Spike that we know him There about. he is. There's that toxic man in a room full of them. <laughs> um, the uh, After some tests are done, uh, Warren comes back and tells Spike that he, you know, he doesn't know what the chip's supposed to do, but it is doing it. There's um, everything that it's uh, everything that's working exactly as designed to. And Spike is very excited by this news because that means if there's nothing wrong with the chip, there is something wrong with Buffy. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yes. So over the summer's house. Amy's bored. Uh, she's talking to Willow, and Willow's like, oh, "Don't you want to go see your dad?" And she's like, "No, I don't have. I don't really want to. I. It'll be too weird seeing him." And she's like, um, "You know, it's it's less about where I was and more about how I got there. Because if we recall, 
uh, Amy's dad was not super keen on the magic because of, you know, her whole evil mother who stole her life. And so, so what, here's a question: Do you think the Do you think that she's dead and that the trophy was destroyed in the in the explosion? Hmm. I guess it would depend on like what was tying her spirit to to that trophy. It, yeah, like I I'm going to presume that yes, the trophy was destroyed in the explosion. And I guess the two options are that by destroying the trophy, Amy's mom died, or perhaps by being destroyed, the trophy being destroyed, perhaps her spirit was like freed and is like out there in the ether somewhere. Hmm. Um, I don't think we'll ever find out. We don't. <laughs> um, uh, it's definitely not a show thing. I was like, maybe a comics thing, but I, I quite frankly don't care enough to check. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's like, uh, Amy's like, oh, yeah, I wish I could just make my dad forget all about this. And Willow's like, oh, I totally know how to do that. But write like, your name inside your clothes just to make sure. Uh, this is if we were playing our drinking game. This is this is where we are because Get that pie. Right? Oh my gosh, Willow! And this just like ties back into what I was saying about Willow just not learning her lesson from these mistakes that she makes. Seriously, a pie right to the face. Right to the face. What what pie are we sending it to her this time? Coconut cream. Ugh. I don't like coconut. Well, then you don't have to worry about wasting a good pie. That's true. Um, I'm not a fan of coconut either. Yeah, it's not my, my bag. I love lemon meringue pie. Mm. Yum. <laughs> yum. Yum. Um, but uh, Amy convinces Willow to go out with her, uh, mostly by bullying her and reminding her of how much of a loser she was in yeah. high school. Oh, did you just want to stay at home alone like you did in high school? <laughs> like, Damn! <laughs> And it's so, it's totally effective. <laughs> Willow's like, oh, no. It's almost as if she was in a healthy relationship and she was getting strength from a nice, healthy, non-toxic partner. Mm-hmm. Way to fuck that up, Willow. Willow. Um, so yeah, they go to the bronze. Um, they, uh, uh, they're, Willow, just continuously throughout this episode is bringing Amy up to date on things. Um, in this case, she's bringing up, uh, bringing her up to date on the fact that Xander is engaged yep. to uh, a to a thousand year old capitalist demon with bunny phobia, or as Amy says, his type. Um, <laughs> I think we all knew that from Welcome to Hellmouth. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, they're playing pool, but not with sticks. With magic. Um, why? Because they can. Yeah. Um, two, two guys come up and uh, they want to, they ask them to dance. Amy's all about it. Uh, Willow, less so. Uh, that's when Amy's like, oh, well, here, we need to find someone who's, you know, more your speed. And she bewitches a woman into coming over and flirting with willow gross yeah um a woman who is already presumably on a date with someone she's sitting with another woman who looks really pissed when this happens uh thank goodness willow does not uh take her up on this offer 
Um, she's just going to hang back and uh, keep an eye on their drinks um, while Amy goes and dances. And I'm of two minds about this. On one hand, yeah, Amy, go dance with whoever you want to dance with. Have a great time. But also, like everyone else, except Tara, apparently, you are not processing and dealing with your trauma. Um, and you are using outlets that are not healthy to do so. The only problem is that the only person there to tell her that is Willow, and Willow's not going to tell her that, because that'd be a lot of the pot calling the kettle black. Right. <laughs> um, the uh, I'm just going to like kind of finish out all the stuff at the bronze. It, it's kind of interspersed with the rest of the stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I, I can't remember where those delineations happen, so it'd be just easier. Um, after finishing up dancing with the guys, uh, Amy goes back to Willow. Um, the guys come up and kind of are really aggressive with her because she stopped dancing with them. They make a homophobic Ellen joke at, uh, at Willow. So the girls uh, magic them into cages suspended above the dance floor and uh, turn them into go-go boys. So the only problem that I have with this is that they're dancing and that whole vibe and their whole like rhythm of dancing does not match the music that is being played. <laughs> so that's probably my biggest problem with it. Yeah. Not the whole like, you know, your free will being robbed of you. <laughs> it's the fact that it just doesn't go with it. Yeah. Um, so apparently in the original script, they... Uh, they were scripted to uh, Willow and uh, Amy were going to use their magic to force them to start making out with each other. Um, I actually kind of thought that's what would happen. Yeah. Like they'd start like bumping and grinding on each other, and like, dancing. And listen, I wouldn't have minded seeing that, but uh, Whedon actually nixed that and saying that um, he didn't want uh, two men kissing to be shown as like a punishment. Um, and I was like, God damn it, Whedon. Like, you're correct, but I'm mad about it because of you. Yeah. Um. Can, can relate. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Willow and Tara... Nope. Willow and Amy just start <laughs> doing all sorts of random shit. They're, like, levitating people. They change the band. Uh... They bring in sheep. They bring in sheep. They put some chick into a strawberry costume. Um, there's probably more stuff going on, but there, there was a lot happening. But then they just get tired with it and then yeah. turn everything back. Yeah. it's They get bored. And uh, of that scene, Willow wants to do something bigger. And Amy has an idea. But that's where we leave it with, uh, with the girls this week. Also, it should be noted that... Uh... When, that Tara brings Dawn home from their movies and milkshakes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Dawn wants to, you know, wait, have Tara wait for um, everybody else to show up. And she's trying to, like, you know, mend the fences as quick as she can between Tara and Willow. It's sweet. It, it's sweet. But it's misguided, it's, yes. but it's sweet. Uh, and, you know, Tara decides to stay, if for nothing else, then to make sure that Dawn isn't alone in the house. Yeah. I look like nobody trusts Dawn whatsoever. Well, I, I feel that 
I, I feel that I've been. I feel that I was. I can't remember the age in which I was first alone in my house. Granted, I had an older brother, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel that it was much younger than yeah. Don. But I was probably like eleven or so, and I started being able to stay by myself. Um, I think it's. Um, I also just think it's funny that Don, who's constantly complaining whenever a babysitter is forced upon her, is like, "But I have to be babysat, Tara." Like. You gotta stay. It's the rules. <laughs> um, she's so manipulative, but um, but it's it's sweet, and I love how Tara is just sees right through her. Is like I is like I know what you're doing. Fine, I'll stay with you. <laughs> like, um, and they cuddle and watch some TV, and mm-hmm. it's just so cute and sweet. Uh, I think everyone they just need to the whole group just needs to take a day of cuddles and TV. I think it would do all of them a lot of good. Yeah. Um, yeah it's not going to solve everything, but, you know. It's a nice step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, at the uh, at the Magic Box, Anya, Buffy, and Xander are still researching. Um, Xander is really excited. He's found the answer. He's found exactly what they're looking for. Only for Anya to be like, that's a D&D manual. Um, begging the question why do they sell D&D supplies at the magic box I'm not against it honestly given how nerdy uh, the trio are it's probably a better place to start than than <laughs> well, the, like your traditional volumes actually that's true that's a good point um, uh, but they do basically uh, they, they get to talking about Willow um, Tara um, uh, or Anya is explaining to Buffy that's like, you know, yeah, when, you know, she's like, she's the responsible one, but those are the ones you gotta walk, watch out for, because when they go bad, they go bad. Um, and of course, Willow, Buffy is concerned for Willow, but we also see she's relating a lot of what she's going through and you know, her own perspective through that lens as well. And Xander's putting a bit more of a uh, level-headed uh, take on it. He says, yeah. yeah, we know that, because, you know, Buffy said, oh, well, we don't really know what they went through, and Xander just flat out says, Tara was worried that Willow was using too much magic. She wasn't the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, Anya says, well, she was the only one who'd, like, tell her off on it, except me. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um... I, I really do love to hear how Buffy's like reluctantly agrees with Xander's assessment. Um, and I, th- I think what we're seeing here is Buffy Buffy doesn't want to admit there's something wrong with Willow because I think that kind of is going to force her to confront what's going on with herself. And again, she's been looking for like, even down to the point where they're like, oh, let's do our research and find out what this demon is. She's trying to find that her version of normalcy. Yeah. She just can't find it this episode. Yeah. So the phone rings at the magic box. Buffy answers, and on the other end, Spike's like, Slayer, meet me at the graveyard. Come alone. 20 she, minutes. 20 minutes. And she's like, Spike? I'll see you there. Spike, is that you? Yes, it's me. It's so funny. Um, but she's basically like, 
no, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, and she ju- she doesn't. She, yeah, she, she stays there until uh, she uh, Xander and Anya leave. Yeah, uh, yeah, they do. They leave. They pretty much give up. They're like, we have not made any progress. Um, but Buffy's like, you know what? Let's go get some sleep. I'm gonna do a quick patrol. We'll come back at it tomorrow, rested, and figure this out. And I was like, yeah, Buffy, that's the spirit. There you go. Um. Unfortunately, um, Spike, Mr. Toxic Man, yeah, Captain, Captain Peroxide, Peroxide. <laughs> uh, he more like Captain Peroxide, yeah, <laughs> so dumb. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, he, as he is wont to do, appears <laughs> and blocks her path because he loves being in Buffy's way. It's like his favorite place to be is in her way. Um. And, yeah, he just, he, he starts talking shit. Yeah, he's goading her. He's goading her. And, yeah, she finally, she hits him. He hits her back. And then he's like, oh, no, the pain. <laughs> you came back wrong. Uh, yeah, and I think that's what scares her the most, him saying that. Not the whole, oh, Spike can hurt me. She's more concerned yeah. about him like saying you came back wrong yeah oh absolutely Buffy because Spike's just a piece of shit that she can get rid of easily yeah season 2 Spike scared her uh hell season 3 Spike scared her season 6 Spike don't scare her <laughs> <laughs> um uh so yeah Buffy and Spike uh they start uh start tussling start a rumbling uh, they enter a uh, uh, an abandoned uh, building, an old house. Uh, they are it's fallen into disrepair. Disrepair, uh, and it is going to fall into more. It needs it needs disrepair. It needs that repair. It needs all the repairs. <laughs> um, but they are, yeah, they're also talking shit. I really, <laughs> I just love it whenever Buffy calls Spike a thing. <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah, this fight's pretty good. Um, I like the way that they use the um, the setting. Like, there's a bit where Spike like uh, uses this chandelier to like swing, uh, mm-hmm. like like a swing kick into Buffy, um, and at some point during the fight, though, uh, the lust takes over, um, and Buffy kisses Spike. Uh, she pins him up against a wall. She uh, jumps up there. Uh, we hear an, something unzip. I mean, well, we know what unzipped. <laughs> uh, and then and they, they have sex. They fuck. They fuck. And they have this moment, like, right kind of like, right at the beginning. I'm Try not to be gross. Um, I know I'm usually gross, but like this doesn't feel like the dimer plays. But like they have this moment where they kind of look at each other, like right before they really start going, where it's kind of this moment of like, oh shit, this is happening, and it happens. Uh, and, and the building, that poor building, is the victim. That poor building is the victim. Uh, they crash through the floor. Throughout this whole fight, we've seen, you know, they've been... Walls are being destroyed. Um, 
everything's being destroyed. And yeah, they fall through the floor. Which I will say, it's a really cool shot that they oh, yeah. get of them like actually falling through the floor. Uh, I, I'm not... <laughs> I, I've never been a fan of this, mm-hmm. but I do appreciate the technical prowess involved with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, as they're going at it, uh, that house is coming down. Mm-hmm. And cut to credits. I said after the episode ended, I told Jason, I was like, I feel dirty. I feel like I need yeah, a shower. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because this is like, this is just, this is just like that rough, raw sex that I don't, I'm not into. I don't know if you're into or not. Um, but yeah, it's like a, God, what, what was the way the billing ball described? It was like that really nasty kind of sex, like pig sex or something. <laughs> Ooh, and, oh my! <laughs> I'm getting the vapors. <laughs> but yeah, it just it, it it just feels gross. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know where this is coming from. Like maybe uh, maybe Spike thinks like, oh, this is my chance. She's finally fallen in love with me. But we know that like Buffy just needs an outlet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a lot. And I mean, as. As Faith told us, like, once you slay, gotta eat and you gotta have sex. Yeah, hungry and horny. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I don't see any restaurants around. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see uh, the meme that was going around uh, after the season six finale of Game of Thrones aired? It was uh, it's a picture of Cersei on the throne, and she was like, I'm here to... <laughs> it's, I'm here to love my children and blow shit up. And I'm all, and I'm all out, out of children. <laughs> In all fairness, she blew up something before she knew that she was out of children. Yes. <laughs> Game of Thrones spoilers, sorry for that. I actually, um, we were watching the season one finale of The Last of Us sometime last week. Um, have you watched it? No. Okay. Um, have you played the game? Just a little bit of it. Okay. I've been wanting to play it before I actually watch the show. Gotcha. So I won't, I won't spoil anything except for there was a part that used music very, very differently than the rest of the show had. And it that made me think of that opening scene of The Winds of Winter that also uses... It, it, the scenes themselves were very different. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way it was using music, I, it made me think of that. And I was like, oh, god damn, I gotta go watch that. And I literally, like, pulled up HBO to just watch that, like, opening, like, 10 to 15 mm. minutes of that episode because it is... Oh, Honestly, that's a, a good, of... like, that's good, like, two back-to-back episodes because you got, like, Battle of the Bastards and... Oh, yeah. And, uh, and like, that uh, The Winds of Winter. It's a good... It's a good like a uh, two two hour two plus hours of television right yeah, there. Yeah, I think both of those episodes are like just over an hour. Mm-hmm. We weren't getting like full on hour and a half episodes until like Not season yet. seven. Yeah, um, but uh, so anyway, that was smashed. Uh, the first of this kind of smashed, wrecked, gone trilogy. Yeah, it feels like it's basically trying to pick up the pieces and start, like, dealing with the stories. Because, obviously, with Once More with Feeling and Tabula Rasa, we got kind of the more or less conclusions of mm-hmm. this of the stories that we've had since the beginning of the series. And 
now it's like with, with the exception of the trio mm-hmm. or beginning of the season. Uh, sorry, got into British. We got a there little for British, a <laughs> but we did have a Doctor Who shout out in this episode and a Red Dwarf. <laughs> but the yeah, it's maybe it maybe it's a little indicative of the way this season goes on for the rest of it. Um, just how like now that we're dealing with the trio and Willow's fallout with Tara, that these are both kind of weak stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the that Willow's overall journey is great, but in my opinion, this is one of the weakest parts of it. Yes, uh, and I and like I can't get into too much more detail without getting into spoilers. So yeah. we'll see how it evolves. That being said, though, I can promise you all that the season ends with a bit of a bang with Willow's story. So. Yeah, I agree with you that I I think generally overall I really really love Willow's arc character arc honestly throughout the whole show, but also this season that they really really they really fumble it here in the middle um in a way that does affect uh my overall opinion of the season Um, well this is this is something that you've been referring to like this is the beginning of a period that you have been referring to as one of your least favorite parts of buffy yes since like you you bring it up every chance you get really i just (laughs) i well to me it's just so disappointing because it really it really brings down like it it it's it's a, such a stain on like a great arc and an stain on the season like i actually think without the if this had been done just with a little bit more grace um season six could possibly be one of the best seasons of the show yeah. and i don't i'm not a season six hater by any means i it kind of falls in the middle for me but um but yeah but well, i mean the there's next a, yeah, there's a bit of a there's a noticeable drop in quality with the storytelling in this episode than mm-hmm. what we've had and you know comparing it to tabula Ross and once more the feeling isn't necessarily fair but i mean comparing it just to like season six in general so far yeah and it's it's disappointing that an episode that is so important plot wise is so rough mm-hmm. yeah so I think Smashed is a two destroyed houses out of five for me. Same here. All right. Any final thoughts before we peace out of this mother? Not really. It's uh, I didn't have too much to say about this episode. Yeah. It was kind of like it was. It's definitely one of those episodes that you forget about, and like the only thing you remembered from from it is, oh, this is when Buffy and Spike fucked a building down. Yeah. Yep. All right. Take us out, Jason. Aye, Captain. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with... Is that Drew? Yes. Okay. We're going to continue with this uh, Buffy uh, story with Buffy Season 6, Episode 10, Wrecked. Yes. So, listeners, cast your your minds back to the beginning of the season where we mentioned the wonky scheduling Mm -hmm. of the shows at this point. Uh, we actually have been consistently one for one for quite a while now, but uh, we're back into. It's going to get a little weird, weird but scheduling. honestly, I think it's a li- it makes a little more thematic sense for us to tackle. Yeah. Wreck, uh, wrecked right after Smash. Yeah, I think the longest look. I was looking at like the the schedule. I put together like a spreadsheet to keep track of this. The longest stretch 
that will, I think, off the top of my head, that will ever go of just one show is um, season four of Angel. And it's like four episodes. Um, uh, and then that's not counting season five of Angel. Does that include the magic bullet? No. Oh, okay, so different parts. It's yeah, right, it's more enough. kind of in the mid, somewhere in the middle, I think. Okay. Um, we'll have lots of things to say about season four of Angel. <laughs> I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C O F F M A N. And I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yummyj three five seven. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out. A-N-D in all of those instances. And you know, since you're listening to us somewhere, though your podcasts are available, how about you uh, subscribe, yeah. rate, even review us? Not only nice reviews, though. I, yes. I can't... I don't take criticism. <laughs> <laughs> what if we have listeners who don't listen on podcast platforms? What if we have some weirdo who just, like, follows our recording schedule... And it's just on my porch right now. I thought you were talking about like just people who are pirating our podcast. In, in that <laughs> it's case, it's already free. In that case, avash your mates, <laughs> yo ho. Um, each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. Uh, this week, we are highlighting the Transgender Law Center. Um, uh, for folks not in the know, uh, Kentucky right now is in the middle of. Uh, passing uh, pretty horrific anti-trans laws. Uh, one of the, yeah. uh, uh, it's been called the worst in the country of many that are unfortunately being passed right now. Our governor uh, did veto it, uh, but uh, the Republicans still have a super majority here, so they are likely to override the veto. However, this law will undoubtedly see many uh lawsuits Mm -hmm. um so you know the fight is not over uh by any means but uh but you know it's still uh we still have to be vigilant uh but the transgender law center is the largest national trans-led organization advocating self-determination for all people grounded in legal expertise and committed to racial justice they employ a variety of community-driven strategies to keep transgender and gender non-conforming people alive, thriving, and fighting for liberation. Visit www.transgenderlawcenter.org for more information. I do think we've actually given them a shout out uh, before reading that. I was like, that sounds familiar, but um, uh, you know what? I, I, it feels hey, no worth repeating. Yeah. All right. And as always, go slay and support the trans community. Hell yeah.